Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Hey, everyone. John Roca here. Pluto TV is the leading free streaming television service. Watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. Pluto TV never asks for a credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch free. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. What are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831 it's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hello and welcome to Collider Heroes. Today we have the final Aquaman trailer. And we might have a breakdown of the cast of The Eternals, the next craziness out of Marvel, and I am very intrigued. Yeah? What could it be? I and Wait till you hear my pitch. I'm going to fix Star Fox. Ooh, we're going to fix Star Fox. I'm impressed in advanced. 
And today, of course, is brought to uh, you by Movies Anywhere. Thank you so much. Uh, they are sponsoring us today. And we're going to talk about them in a little bit after we get through our main stories. And this is episode 280. It is Turkey Day tomorrow. Hug your family, tell them you love them, and then read them comics. <laughs> and we are joined today by the ever-lovely Marvel Movie News reunion of Marquia McCarty. <laughs> Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. I'm glad this worked out, especially on today. Yes. It's a rare <laughs> right before, thing. before, uh, what, uh, feast giving. Yeah, we are thankful yeah. to have you yeah. on, this, on this day of thanks. It is a feast of excellent content today. And then Black Friday, we can buy Blu-rays for $7. <laughs> you so, don't have to anymore because. I, because movies anywhere. <laughs> but we need to talk about the glory that was that Aquaman trailer because I think that is the best Aquaman trailer to date. This is the trailer that has gotten me the most excited. The Aquaman trailer was shot. Like the, the tightness of it, the pace, the, the flavor. I freaking love this Aquaman trailer. What do you guys think? I absolutely adored this. I mean, I was already on board for Aquaman because it's like, what, Indiana Jones under the ocean. I'm like, yeah, I'll do Check. that. Uh, Jason Momoa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like all day, any day. Um, but yeah, with this particular trailer, I cannot get over how adorable mini Aquaman mm-hmm. is. And like going through that journey with him and like little teddy bear with like the little trident and just the humor that you see in this particular trailer, but the action with it. I mean, yeah, shark fight. I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't wait for this. I'm looking forward to it. Y'all know I've been on board with this movie for a while now, and there have been points where I'm like, I really don't know what's going to happen. I'm just sort of willing it to be great. But it's like, it's starting to feel like not like, cool. Yeah, this was a reasonable thing to be uh, super excited about. And I definitely had this much reason to be excited the whole time. <laughs> Thank like, you for validating my optimism. Yeah. Um, I, I do, though. I think it looks like a lot of fun. They're, they have a, a sort of constellation of bad guy characters that we have to see how they're going to manage getting into one movie. But it looks like they have a plan. There are elements of this mythology that might come off generic. But the truth is that I will watch Guy discovers his destiny and becomes king of fantasy world just again and again for the rest of my life. Like, I'm fine with that, basically. Um, And if you do it with style, if you do it winningly, if you do it in a way that makes me fall in love with that new world and with the characters around him, it's always going to work. So, yeah, I'm super in. There were two things in this trailer that sold me more than the other trailers. One, you got your Willem Dafoe voiceover. (laughs) Two, you got your bearded Dolph Lundgren. And those are two very important things. I was very excited. This felt like an 80s trailer to a movie I never knew existed. It was like discovering this amazing trinket from the 80s that I pulled out of the ocean and got to experience. I am so excited for the cast of this movie. I've been wondering about the use of Willem Dafoe since it was announced before Justice League. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been very curious about that character in a long time, and this is the biggest shot we've seen of him. And then Dolph Lundgren, like, he's killing it right now. He's got Creed this weekend. He's got this in the in the December. It's not fall. I said it was fall earlier. It's November. I was just informed tomorrow's <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> It's, it's, it's just fall. not That's early. It's just not early fall. Yeah. Uh, no, I love. I love that you said it like that. Like a uh, bearded Dolph Lundgren is a collectible. Battle ravaged, bearded Creed. I will say, I, I think we're we're all collectively crossing our fingers for Mira's hair. Um, oh my god! But yeah, you know, well. it looks better here than it has in a lot of the other stuff, and I'm 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 excited and remaining hopeful. Yeah, I, I'd like to think that uh, a lot of other properties have learned from uh, Inhumans, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad for what they were doing. That I liked um, in particular, like the graphics that they had in the trailer, like the CGI where you see um, the water tension while they're fighting mm-hmm. um, underneath the scene. I'm like, yes, uh, thank God, no bubbles, don't need it. But I do want to be able to see that because it 
it, it racks up the, um, like my apprehension for it. So like, yeah. ah, duck, duck. Oh my God, I can barely move in water. How are you fighting right now? Mm. Well, that'll be curious to see his strength because I've always loved the idea that like if you're that strong underwater, how it translates to above land, kind of like the the Dragon Ball Z, like you're training on the moon, you come back, gravity's different. I'm really curious (laughs) if they address like when you're fighting underwater and like the tensile strength of Aquaman, if he's stronger above sea and like all those things. That's why I've always liked Namor. I've always liked Aquaman. I'm really curious about this like Jason Bromoa take. Like I'm really curious how they shape the world with Momoa. Like we've seen him in the movie like Justice League and we've got the taste of him. This is a full Aquaman movie and this is the first trailer where I was was like oh i can see this starting a franchise i can see where this can build and grow and this trailer's got me amped i'm so excited you do you hope that they have uh, thought through like we have underwater as an environment don't make the same fight but colored blue think right. about what makes this different and what makes this special and how yeah. we get to do something other films can't do because we have an underwater kingdom like yeah. that's what you hope they're doing and i love this shift that um it feels like dc has made lately with uh, like its films because you have wonder woman coming out and they're like oh yeah it's set in the 80s 80s are cool and it's like <laughs> yeah they are hey this is set underwater uh, but we're gonna make it fun i'm sure there's gonna be gritty aspects to it yeah. um but I don't think they're going to go as dark as they have done previously. I think they're going to balance things out, and it's, we're going to see a lot more things like this. I just, I'm so excited for this, just for what it means for the future, for like DC and like our superhero movies in general. Yeah, yeah. and when you have different tones, it makes for a richer universe. So Indeed. that'll be nice. And if you live in LA, the Americana has a 60 foot Jason Momoa poster of him in the Aquaman suit, like the the classic like Writing Super Friends Aquaman down. suit. So uh, <laughs> no. I went up an escalator and there was a giant original Aquaman just standing in front of me and I was like oh and just something about that image like the marketing is ramping up and it feels like it's coming out soon because it finally is but I feel like we've been talking about this movie for so long now that it's in the final trailer marketing is going up you're driving around LA seeing posters now it feels real and it feels like all the like hope we put into it is going to be coming to fruition and people have seen it they can't talk about it but they're smiling so I'm assuming it's fantastic not us we can't spoil the movie because we haven't seen it yet so don't be worried but uh but Hopefully soon. we'll be smiling too. <laughs> yes. We've got a month-ish. Uh, comes out December 21st, which means the night of December 20th. I hope to see it before then, but just in case, about a month from today. Um, we also, speaking of Inhumans, yeah. Oh, yeah. a very interesting image behind you, I think, is taking the place of Inhumans. Oh, right, right. In the, the slate. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, speaking of letting your universe be weird and letting new stuff <laughs> in, there was a, this is just a rumor, but there was a rumored casting breakdown for those who might not have heard that term a breakdown is when they send out the here's what we're looking for we need captain america he should be strong and heroic you know uh send your best (laughs) actors for that and someone goes "Hmm, the human torch uh so and yet that's the process sometimes it works out great and surprises are often the best ones uh but we had a, a breakdown go out this week supposedly that represents what they're looking for for the cast of the upcoming marvel movie the eternals which is going to take that weird kirby cosmic section of the Marvel Universe, um, and as we've all speculated, maybe fill the role they were planning on the Inhumans doing, whatever that is, for Marvel Phase 4 and beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Do y'all have any picks from this, or responses to the the one sort of big surprise from this rumor of who might be joining this cast who's not usually a corn internal? I love that rumor. Uh, we are, of course, talking about Star Fox. <laughs> there are so many problems with Star Fox. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> One is that. Number one is that, is that an entire generation of us is going to think, do a barrel roll literally every time you say Star Fox. I know this one came first. I understand that. 
but it's a problem. Popularity timing <laughs> affects us. We can't help it. Here's the other problem. Uh, Star Fox is a character who is uh, Thanos' brother. His real name is Eros. It's sort of like a love and death thing. And unfortunately, he has corresponding powers to stimulate the pleasure center of your brain and maybe make you fall in love with him. And they're super creepy. Mm, it's yeah. just like it became a plot thing. There was a whole She-Hulk run where they put him on trial for the fact that like that's not a consenting adults kind of power and nobody mm. wants to go there let's just not go there here's my pitch i'm gonna take us wildly left field use star fox have him be thanos's brother let them be a contrast change his powers make him a healer do you think the fans would rebel like star fox fans. tweet me if you're mm. really attached to star fox as he currently exists all seven of you <laughs> I, well, you know I would fight most anyone for any piece of the Marvel Universe, but sometimes you got to change it up, change his powers, make him a healer. You can still have jokes either that everybody falls in love with him just because he's wonderful and charismatic or that, like, I think it might be cool and poetic if, like, he falls in love with everybody. Like, that's his power. Oh. He heals you when he's kind of in love with you. He heals you when he's kind of in love with you. Like, you know what? Um, I like it. I'm going to take it just a little bit of a step further where it's like he can be a healer and an unhealer so he can heal but then he can also take it back Mm. so and that's something that he could use at any time kind of like um raven from titans Mm -hmm. kind of a thing where it's like ah i I, you know what i don't like you um i take back you know healing your neck wound so (laughs) i i think that would be great because um if anything happened to any of them and he healed them and they were you know they were good and like oh yeah we're cool we're buddies and then later on they weren't buddies they become frenemies or they start battling as eternals or want to do uh then his major so weapon petty. would be his he would be petty <laughs> he would be king petty <laughs> they'd be like yeah you remember that uh that gaping like gut wounds you had uh yeah it's back <laughs> sorry bro yeah sorry bro but then you can Eros be like you're being Thanos, right yeah you can you, then they can get at him and be like you're being like your brother right now and he's like oh that's why i don't use that side of my powers because i don't want to be anything like him and you know like okay i dig it yeah. so i would do uh something akin to what his power currently is but make him emotionally manipulating so it's not just love so it more like in the in the purple man vein they made purple man work because purple man effectively was the villain he's thanos's brother so make him an actor that everyone is charmed by like get your channing tatums your joseph gordon levitt's your your actors that are innately charming and then make his emotional manipulation you mean actually have him be the bad guy yeah Ooh. he's a freaking avenger i, <laughs> I just said no one cares about him now i'm gonna fight yeah, you no, over you're him. him no and if you're gonna change something make it that you don't trust him but you cast a good boy actor Cast a, like, cast a good boy and then make him the bait. Jude Law's the villain of Captain Marvel. I don't care what he says. It's going to happen. But that, and that's, that's, I think what's going to happen is we're going to get these bait and switch villains. And I think that's what I'd do. And I know he's a Avenger. Doesn't matter. So, uh, how does this play in? Because I, like, uh, did y'all have any casting picks for this? I, I kind of want Henry Golding. Have I got his name right? Crazy Rich Asians? He was amazing. Oh, oh my God. He's amazing. Uh, yeah, I'd go for that. That would that that's a great casting actually. For wow, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, he he'd be amazing. Um, I, I kept on thinking of um, uh, Thena because mm. I absolutely adore her. I mean, scholar, warrior. I mean, um, and for any of these, they're so op. I'm wondering how in the way how how are they going to do this? I mean, it's going to be like uh, was it a Dragon Ball Z? Uh, was it when it goes GT? Like where it's like it's just huge. Just like let's destroy worlds. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, but Thena, I really enjoy her because it's like she is a Wonder Woman slash Okoye type. You know, a little bit of Shuri thrown in there and. 
I, I honestly, I don't know who I would cast in that besides people that have already been cast in either DC or Marvel. I know. They're kind of in the gather catch them all phase and where you're just like, oh, that person would be perfect and they are already that. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like Venus, Gal Gadot. Oh, no, wait. Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. <laughs> no, didn't I grow up? No, she's a Koye. So, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, if y'all could think anybody for... Do you have Athena? Athena. She's Athena. I would have. I mean, like Lucy Lawless. When I picture, oh. <laughs> but a Lucy Lawless type. Yeah, yeah. I, I picture Sif, and that's obviously taken within the same canon. Like, there's the, that strong commanding. Yeah. Like, because I picture her as that. Who is a a new? I mean, I've been wanting Emily Blunt in the Marvel oh universe my God. for a long time. Yeah, and Emily, Emily Blunt, Blunt is, is anything. She's you know maternal what? while strong, and she's got a commanding presence without mm-hmm. having to say a lot. Emily I Blunt. like that pick. I really like that pick. Do we have an Icarus? I mean, that's arguably one of the more visually iconic characters as far as, like, the costume and, like, the images. And you've got to get someone, like, Superman. Like, not Superman, but, like, someone that commanding. Do you have anyone? I mean, okay, this... He's not a physical match, except that, like, I'm just... When I, like, I'm thinking Sun Gods, mm-hmm. and I know that he's in the Disney family. Oscar Isaac? Oh. I'd Oscar- like some Oscar Isaac redemption. I like Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Redemption um, from... From Apocalypse. Well, we don't talk about that. <laughs> but it's redemption. I, when I, I in all the articles that are coming out right now, like I was trapped under that plastic for eight hours. I'm like redemption for Oscar Isaac. See, he could do this one without 18 pounds of makeup. Like, I, I was thinking Ben Foster, which is one of my go-to Ooh, casting choices. But the yeah, intensity yeah. of Ben Foster, the sun, the power, all that command, the blonde streak of hair, like Ben Foster is my guy for this. I would take that. Yeah. Oh, I I don't know. Since she said apocalypse, all I can think of is like, <laughs> uh, it's like, don't they end up battling him, or was am I confusing that with a uh, no, no, no? Uh, eventually they do. So I mean, you could have Oscar Isaac no matter what. Yep. <laughs> uh, Who do you guys like for Piper? Sprite. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's gotta be a kid, right? Give me yeah, a no. Gotta be a kid. Gotta Surprise be me! I didn't know who Tom Holland was. Get another theater kid. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I, I think this one of... can be an unknown, like um, <laughs> like the, like the kid from a uh, Jurassic World two. Uh, I'm sorry, um, what was it the Jeff Goblin one, Jurassic Park two, uh, where it's like nobody knew her, and you know she just happened to be in that movie. That movie was that movie, but uh, she she was really good in that role, and you know it's like I'm not saying her, but a her type mm-hmm. or a Tom Holland type, somebody that has the acrobatics, but has just that. That spark, that mischievousness. I mean, could probably just look at some of the Disney um, shows that are oh, on now yeah, yeah, yeah. and probably pick from there. Uh, Not the- anybody from Game of Thrones, though. We've already filled it that. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone to that so many times now. Mm. Uh, the young girl, the redheaded girl from Stranger Things Season 2 is who I'd picked, but I lost her name, Max. Uh, Sadie Sink. Uh, I think she'd be fantastic. She's very, like, fiery. She's got, like, that bubbly personality, but she also, we've seen her, her chops, so she was my pick for that. So the big one, my actual favorite of the Eternals, who is your Cersei? Hmm. I'm doing all of this on the spot because I don't She's know. She's got to yeah. be enchanting. So, I, and because we kind of skipped this step because I got really excited, I'm going to just quickly, like... If y'all don't know who the Eternals are, and there's a really good <laughs> chance you don't, um, they are one of Jack Kirby's last big Marvel creations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Kirby really loved gods and aliens and gods who were aliens. Uh, that was just kind of his jam, and he mm. reproduced that theme a number of times. And one of them was for Marvel with the Eternals, which are essentially 
spoilers maybe for this movie uh there was an ancient race called the celestials we've met a couple of traces of them in the marvel cinematic universe already the giant head nowhere that we go to in guardians is a dead celestial head uh we've got some glimpses of that they're they're crazy giant awesome looking things um and essentially they visited ancient earth and they sowed some seeds and those seeds traditionally in the earliest versions of the eternals they uh created two variant human kind of civilizations uh which are roughly modeled on sort of it was originally the the eternals and the deviants the like more airy enlightened ones and the uh weapon creating constantly violent ones and the idea in the originals is those are foils for humanity because humanity has elements of both um it has sort of the highest aspirations and the potential for great destructiveness um and the idea is that they've inspired myths or run into uh myths of godhood throughout human history uh they uh, uh that's why so many of them sound similar to greek gods there's one called makari who's very fast like mercury uh there's thena who's very wise like athena hercules it's, is an eternal sometimes who's hercules it's weird because like the marvel universe also has the actual greek gods in it so it's yeah. one of those that were like you could say that they inspired them, but also they just met them. It's like... It's very weird. Marvel gets real complicated. Later mm-hmm. on, they took Thanos' planet and made, rather than sort of the conflict between the Titans who get locked underground and the Olympic uh, Greek gods, they kind of reassigned that Titans who get locked underground to the Titans of Thanos. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and that's where him and his brother come in. So they are kind of like... They are later established as an offshoot branch of Eternals. But the idea is that these sort of immortal beings have been hiding throughout human history, sort of inspiring things, um, a la uh, chariots of the gods and uh, mm. some of the kind of problematic but very fun to think about, like, historical theories like that. Kirby does the fun side, not the problematic side. I've got two Cersei's. Yep, do okay. it. She's got- enchanting. She's uh, the one who turned the, the people into pigs, which is why she's called Cersei. It's spelled differently, but that's the thing. Shannon Sossman. I love her so much. Oh, what's she doing lately? I don't know. Tandy oh. Newton. Both of them are enchanting. Both of them have that regal quality. Both of them don't seem to age. Shannon Sossman and Tandy Newton are my two. Yeah. Um, Lucy Liu. Also. I love Lucy Liu as a Cersei. I'm on board with all of those. All right. So we we got our our number one draft picks. (laughs) Uh, We all pulled that together. So we had to power through those because I I didn't think of the actual casting. I was reading the breakdowns Mm. going like, what a great idea. And they were like, who do you think? And I was like, I love this part. So all of that was on the fly. I apologize (laughs) if I offended any diehard Eternals fans. Uh, But as always, Ben Foster. Uh, Uh, So this, what were you going to say? Yeah. For um, Druig, though, is that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. The main, like, one of the main baddies, uh, Mahershal Ali. Oh, I was wow. thinking about him, and I was like, I he's need, got I need such him good somewhere. bad guy energy, but I don't want to make him stuck being bad guys, but he's got such good bad guy energy. Yeah, like, such good bad guy energy. Okay, but yeah, that, that was nope. it. I love it. It's just like, What's that show, Billions? Uh, the, the guy from Billions, the redheaded dude. He's who I picture as Zorus. Ooh, haven't uh, seen Billions, but... He's so, like, commanding. He's like a Shakespearean actor. He, okay. like, speaks with eloquence and power, and he's a tall, redheaded dude, and he looks like Zorus. He's my... Nice. Apologies nice. to the band. I forget his name. Uh, so today's episode is brought to you by Movies Anywhere. And this is the first time we've had these guys as a sponsor. And they are a really cool company. Now, Movies Anywhere basically allows you to use all of your different subscription services, like the main ones, like your your, your Voodoo's and your Amazon Primes and all those things. And you can use this app to put them on one application and play them anywhere on your phone, on your computer. So being that I travel a lot, I love this app because it allows me to just kind of pick my movies, dive in no matter what platform i'm using so we were kind of talking about our it's their one year anniversary so we were talking about our very first forays into the world of superheroes and very iconic firsts that struck out to me as they are the first company of this kind what movies did you guys pick that are on this app 
Well, to celebrate this, which it is really rad to simplify the this movie acquiring so and much. accessing <laughs> process, um, while like it, it's just it's a great idea, and I'm so glad it exists. Uh, I picked for my first uh, the first X Men movie. Oh, because nice. that was one of those theater going experiences I will remember where I was like, they can't, they can't, they did. <laughs> <laughs> It's them. It's the X-Men. They're on the big screen. I will always remember and cherish that. Parts of it age really well. Parts of it age less well. But it's one of those, like, very important steps on the way to the the movie borderline utopia that we live in now. Uh, That was one of the the most important steps on that path for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another one of those, of course, was the Avengers, uh, which basically repeated me being like, they can't. They can't do it. They can't do it. They did it. Uh, I, I I will always treasure the memory of sitting in the theater watching that one because just the the combining act that they did, selling the whole world on the concept of the Avengers, which you don't remember but was not a sure thing, uh, they they pulled that off beautifully. And then finally, Wonder Woman. Of course, excellent choices. Yeah, I just see everything I've ever said about Wonder Woman. See <laughs> uh, Collider Heroes. It, yeah. <laughs> I, I, a movie I can and will watch again and again and again and again. So you're first for the first anniversary? Uh, yeah. Well, in no particular order um, for these three movies. But yes, Black Panther. Oh, my mm. gosh. I mean, talk about, like, destroying everything in the best possible way. Like, smashing us to pieces and rearranging us in this whole new form. Uh, and the fact that that just came out this year and that it made such a huge impact for everybody. Hit a billion, what, within a month? Less than a month, a billion. And just... The way that it establishes um, the uh, the Dora Milaje, I am just so about this. Shuri with, like, Letitia Wright, and where it's like, yes, you can be a tech nerd, be a sibling, be your own person, have your own autonomy, and then also be just a warrior in your own right. And then, of course, like with warriors, you have Denai Guerrera. Uh, Guer- ah, I always say her last name right. Denai Guerrera. Guerrera. Yeah, as a Koye, and just that epic side eye. And... <laughs> Throwing the wig as a weapon. I just, I can't with this. And, like, Black Panther just, it it revitalized me for superhero movies in general. And I didn't realize that even I was feeling, like, a little bit, a little, maybe a little bit jaded. Maybe just a little bit. And then watching that, it's like I was a kid all over again. So, <laughs> and I'm so glad that kids have that now. Like, of all levels, all ethnicities, they have that now mm. to build their foundations on. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Black Panther... Uh, hands down um batman original batman talking jack nicholson as joker and michael keaton and prince (laughs) (laughs) um because i remember like as a kid um i had the cassette tape of you know batman the soundtrack and i wore that mess out because it was oh it was to me it was like it it was the story of Batman. Like, mm. I could re-envision everything as it was playing. And then, like, Jack Nicholson is, like, with his Joker, think about it. Until Heath Ledger came, we were comparing everybody to Jack Nicholson's Joker because mm. it was just, it was that epic. Like, that iconic. It was pure Nicholson, and we were all here for it. So, like, that. And then just Michael Keaton. <laughs> I'm so glad he's back, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> love him as Vulture. Uh, love him as Birdman. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's my Batman. You know, so yeah, yeah, Batman definitely. Um, and then, and I'm I was surprised um, when I when I thought this one, uh, original Superman, 1978 Superman. Mm. I was not a Superman person um, growing up. I just felt like that there, I didn't have much sympathy for him. Where it was just like, 
oh, he is so OP. And then, like, what's this Clark Kent thing? Is he making fun of us? You know, uh, that's how he hides, you know, in the woodwork. And it has only been this year with, like, um, Action Comics um, 1000, uh, where it was just, wow, just all this love for him. And, like, going through the different eras, it made me rethink, why do I have such a problem with Superman? So, like, I, I've done a deep dive into things um, Superman and have recently rewatched, you know, the 1978 Superman. And I was surprised at how it hit me. It is so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, Donner, like mm-hmm. he knocked it out of the park with that. Like the, the three part, it's a three part act. I mean, uh, it's three act movie. I mean, you start off with Krypton and oh my God, then with like their pimp clothes, it's like blinding. <laughs> um, and just like how the society is depicted like that. And then traveling into Smallville and then, you know, know seeing where why we get that Clark Kent why we get that Christopher Lee Reeves um and Margot Kidder is so amazing as Lois Lane mm. I it, it's like and so much fan services in Superman I've oh god I'm talking a lot uh no so much fan services in Superman like please um, talk about Superman 1978 all day long I officially <laughs> authorize it man <laughs> it, yeah it, it Gene Hackman Lex Luthor yeah it shaped that first wave. It shaped superhero movies today. We still feel the impact. And that is a celebration of firsts. So I want to celebrate the first anniversary by saying my firsts were Civil War was the first time I felt we got a Spider-Man that was all the pieces of the puzzle. I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. So my first with Spider-Man will be Civil War. Uh, X2, funny you picked X1 because my pick was X2 because I thought that was the first time the Berserker Rage was actually captured. It was the first time I was like, they got Wolverine. They found Wolverine and they just filmed him. It's awesome. Uh, So the Berserker Rage moment was huge for me in X2. And X2 was the first time I thought that a credible movie had been made based off a comic book, not a comic movie had been made. X2 felt like everyone was there. Uh, Blade, I think, was the first movie that, like, sneakily tricked people into thinking that you could do this. But (laughs) X2 was the first movie that was like, this is a comic movie, you're enjoying it as a movie fan, go. Uh, And then I think the very first role, the very first performance that was taken credibly was Heath Ledger's Joker. I think the bar, as you mentioned, like the bar had been Jack Nicholson. Like everyone's like, but remember what he did. And now to me, Heath Ledger's Joker is like a Brando performance. It's a James Dean level performance. Like it's not just a comic book performance. It is a performance for the ages. So I've never seen anything like Heath Ledger's Joker before or since. So that was the first time I was in a theater, just awestruck by a performance. And it just happened to be in a comic book movie. So those are my first to honor the first anniversary of movies anywhere. Now this program is rad because there is no subscription fee at all. It is free and it gathers things from iTunes, Prime Video, Vudu, Google Play, and you literally can put all your movies together in this one thing. And like I said, I use it when I travel, so I have them all in one bundle, and it's really rad. So, all them firsts. Thank you to Movies Anywhere. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. 
Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa Know How. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Podcast One is your one-stop shop for everything TV and pop culture. A very candid, not even supposed to be on the record conversation. Check out any of the Collider Network podcasts like TV Talk, Movie Talk, Collider Live, and more. And for you reality TV fans, Rob Sister Nino's got you covered with Rob has a podcast. This is a podcast no about nothing. <laughs> yeah. You literally have a podcast about nothing. Check out the Collider Network and Rob has a podcast every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thank you to all of those memories we got for the first time that we can revisit anytime yeah. using movies anyway. And you can search by actor. So you go into the thing and then you can like, so if you're on like a Tom Hardy binge, as I am wont to do, you can discover more Tom Hardy glory through movies anywhere. So ben check that out too. Ben Foster. I mean, <laughs> cast him in everything. More Ben Foster. Uh, so we have a whole lot of minor mutations this week, including one that just broke yesterday. We should dive into we those. We do. <laughs> Uh, minor mutations are, are, are filled to the brim for this beautiful Thanksgiving feast. First of all, <coughs> birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Brevity. Our I one. love how this looks. I love that so much. Is it wrong that I love everything about this? We'll get into we'll it in, in a second. In. We also now know that our new Lex Luthor for DC TV is John Cryer. Yes, that John Cryer. We will there talk about that as well. If you called it, please tweet at us and we'll give you an award of some kind because <laughs> you are the only one. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been renewed in advance for a season seven. Super early renewal. That's insane. We also may or may not have been uh, soothsayers last week <laughs> because Jeff Lemire's Sweet Tooth is at Hulu. The show is a go. It is moving. We'll talk about it. Like, what the heck? Thank you for that beautiful timing. Uh, you can change history. We had to throw this in the rundown because Corin Walters was kind enough to join us last week, and we were trying not to allude to the fact that his character famously dies because of us, the viewer readers. Uh, but you can repeat history or not. If you go to DCUniverse.com, they are taking a poll on whether Jason Todd, uh, whether you would go back in time and change how history happens or not. I love that. It's so dark. Life or uh, death are in your hand. Cassandra Kane has been cast officially. This is one of the last members of Birds of Prey that we talked about. Didn't know the cast. Now it is locked. That is happening. She is a cutie pie. Uh, Young Justice Outsiders has a date. If you've been holding off for some reason on DC Universe, you might want to set your calendars for January 4th, 2019. And a very important trailer has dropped, and that is, of course, Once Upon a Deadpool, it is a minute and eight seconds of pure PG-13 glee, no Fs given. Uh, Ezra Miller was interviewed, says the Flash movie is still on track, and gave a comment that I honestly just pulled out because this is the perfect comment on a Flash movie. Anyone who knows about Barry Allen knows he may arrive late, very late, but once he gets there, it's all solved. Clever. I respect it. Uh, and we have this amazing poster that ties into current comics. It is a really cool thing that we'll, we'll dive into it because it is very complex. I'm the a way format they nerd, and I love that they did this. <laughs> uh, and this is just cool. You can go on Netflix and search Excelsior. 
and get a whole look at the universe burst uh, partially out of the brain of the much-loved and missed Stan Lee. Thank you, Netflix, for doing that. That is so freaking cool. Yeah. I love that very much. So, our guest, what is the minor mutation of the week that excites you? What do you oh, want to talk goodness. about? Oh, goodness. Out of everything that was just... I know. It's so Out of everything... <laughs> I was sitting over here just reacting, uh, reacting to each, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that did happen. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. And I was like, okay, so which one? Um, uh, okay, we'll do the Jason Todd one then. Um, <laughs> did you vote in the I polls? Um, I did not vote in the polls, but I am emphatically Jason Todd must die. So, because you, you have to have that. I mean, you have to do that to Batman. You have to. I, well, because Batman, let's say that he was, uh, he wasn't getting full of himself. He was, you know, wasn't you know, all up in his Batman britches, but he kind of was. Mm. So to have the death of Jason Todd just weigh heavily on him and then have that just journey that he has to take with that and just the just the imagery. I mean, everybody knows with Batman holding Jason Todd's body, like his Robin and he's gone and the Joker winning. Like, wow, that's that's something else. It's necessary, and I and honestly, I'm going to say it right now. I can't believe anybody would vote for him to live. <laughs> right now, you are being outvoted. Uh, the last time we mm. looked at this, it was like a 70-30-ish split. It is currently Ooh. sitting at 72% Joker fails and Robin lives, 28% Joker succeeds and Robin will not survive as it approaches 50,000 or so votes. Uh, so you can go to dcuniverse.com and vote yourself. But I love that this mirrors the phone number. They even have the phone number <laughs> listed, the 1-900 number. But they're not number. charging you, which they're is They're not charging good. you, very kind. <laughs> but back in the day, on the back of a comic was this phone number, and you got to call, and that's how they decided the fate of a major comic And it character. was really narrow, and there's all these urban legends about people using early auto-dialers to, like, what, like, one person cheating to kill Jason Todd, and, like, there's all these competing, like, someone needs to do the complete oral history <laughs> of the death of Jason Todd. But you are, might be right. In, like, a monkey's paw way, if this vote is correct and we go back and save him from that fate, mm -hmm. does he ever become the Jason Todd that we know and love? Uh, we need Red Hood, so I'm... Uh... Also, all up in Batman breaches is a great hashtag that should <laughs> just live on in general because that was amazing. Uh, I really like the idea that they're mirroring the past with a present technology, and I also love the idea that the DC Universe is playing with mythology. Like, the DC Universe allows for so much flexibility because certain things are canon, certain things aren't, and I do agree we need Red Hood. So the journey on the way there with this new Jason Todd, Curran Walters, the very first on-camera Jason Todd, uh, it, it's really exciting for what the future can be. So I, I just love that are clear in this poll that you're not actually deciding whether he lives or dies on Titans. You're just saying, if you could rewrite history, would you make that happen? Uh, but, like, who knows? If this was, like, 95-5 kill Jason Todd. Oh. <laughs> Poor Colonel. He's just clicking. No, no, no. <laughs> he's auto-dialing with the mouse. Oh, uh, so well, maybe I, he's trying to be Red Hood. Maybe so he's voting. Maybe. Like, no, get me on my way. That's true. It's yeah. the grassy knoll of comics, the Jason Todd conspiracy. <laughs> oh, I love that so many people are decent human beings, though, and not monsters like me with that 28%. <laughs> so that's actually really cool. And um, uh, Karen Walters, I adore him as Jason Todd. That's a really good casting. It's just like uh, the way that he's like, yeah, I'm going to get some brew, you know, brewskis. And that Robert Plitzkin, that, <laughs> who does that? The fist bump moment between him and, and Dick Grayson. Like, oh, we, we got to yeah. play it last week. And I just love the bond of Rob, like reluctant Robin <laughs> bond. Uh, uh, the news of the week, what are you, what's the most exciting for you? Okay, we got to talk about this title. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous <laughs> Emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Mm. So I went through a, like a little emotional journey with that where like, okay, 
Honestly, first response, I love it. It's unwieldy and bizarre, and the acronym is going to be garbage. Uh, <laughs> but, like, so I, my first reaction was, like, I love the way that this paints this as a first-person story told from Harley's perspective. That's sort of what it creates in my mind is that Harley's going to be like, here's the story of how I got it together, and it'll be embellished with Harley-isms because mm-hmm. she does have that Deadpool side that they've now, like, incorporated fully into her character. Not a full-on fourth wall breaking, uh, always, sometimes she does, but, like, in this sense, that fun, self-mythologizing, kooky side of Harley being like, this is the story of how I met my best friends, and Huntress being like, I still kind of hate you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you can, you can imagine that narrative flowing out of this title. So cool. I love that it's evocative that way. But then I was talking to my friend, and they're like, they're just trying to cheat to get Harley in the title because no one knows who the Birds of Prey are. And I was like, oh, um, You're probably right. But that's, if they're going pragmatic. to do that, then they may as well. And I do like the, the picture it paints. I like, for me, I didn't even, I, this is crazy. I didn't even go Deadpool. I went Cusco. Uh, the oh. idea, because Cusco tells his own story through that narrative. This and is the Emperor's New Groove, fondly remembered by seven of us again. I love mm-hmm. that movie so much. But the moment when he's like, no, 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 stop, this isn't how it went, and he, like, scratches it out. <laughs> I totally picture Harley Quinn pausing the celluloid as it goes by and, like, changing the narrative as you're watching the movie. So and fun. this allows for that. And I love that, because it, it makes it sound like she's going to be like, here's the totally smooth story of how everything went fine. And then you get that dark comedy opportunity at every around every turn, basically, where it's mm-hmm. sort of like, here's how it did not go fine. Yeah, I like both of these. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that, um, yeah, your friend is very pragmatic. And, like, yeah, it's like, because Business. instead of just doing Harlequin and the Birds of Prey, you know, just do this. <laughs> and, uh, oh, my God, I kind of love um, a Cusco-esque um, Harlequin Birds of Prey the movie. The unreliable narrator movie where you're making yourself look better throughout because you're Harley Quinn and mm-hmm. you're shaping the narrative. And that allows the Birds of Prey to have a fun tone that the comics don't always and it also allows for the Harley Quinn produced by Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie is the face of this franchise right now. All of those things work in a narrative structure. So this title reveals so much more than a regular title does. And it's also the wordiness, the fantabulous emancipation. Like, there's a lot going on there. And I think this will tie more tightly into the Joker 17th movie we're getting with the Joker Harley Quinn movie. Because now it's talking about the emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I think it's her and the Joker breaking up. So I mm. think that might also tie into the Joker uh, Harley movie, which is supposed to be like, this is us meets... So the, the, the craziest oh, of, right yeah that's when they yeah. described the script and i was like uh so i think it, it allows us to build a harley universe like a little pocket universe of harley quinn and if you've got margot robbie do it I, i'm really excited for what the dc universe can do with just this one title yeah so i'm I, i'm into it yeah into it uh so i want to briefly talk about my boy deadpool every week <laughs> We get a little bit more news about this Deadpool movie. First, we found out the title. Then we found out the Fred Savage. Then we found out a dollar of every ticket goes to cancer research, which is amazing. Now we get a trailer. I have been a naysayer. I've been a loud naysayer. I've been a warry wart. But now I've seen a minute of PG-13 Deadpool, and I've seen the glory it can bring. And if I only get 18 more minutes of Deadpool, but it's 18 glorious minutes, I will take that with a little PG-13 bow, and I will apologize for all of my naysaying. I am worried long-term about X-Force being PG-13. I am worried long-term about them neutering Deadpool, but I am no longer worried about this specific iteration of a recut movie because it looks hilarious. So go see it. You've got 12 days. And it also made me realize there are three, four days in December where you can see Deadpool, Spider-Man, Aquaman, Bumblebee, 
and Wreck-It Ralph as a quintuple feature. Wow. Do not leave your theater. You can spend <laughs> 14 or so hours at a movie theater and accomplish your Marvel happiness through Fox and Sony, your DC happiness, your toy happiness, and your gamer happiness. Yeah, but like Marvel day. Marvel or like the well, other. they even make that I, joke, which I, I love. I know that's what I'm referencing. It's such a and good I joke. hate that I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. It was so such much. a good joke, though. <laughs> Uh, see, see Wreck It Ralph. See Wreck It Ralph too. It's, 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 it's so good. Yeah. I mean, oh, oh I my god. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh my. I didn't even think about that. Cool. It's an insane yes. Wow. This December is like a total gift to everybody. Then. All of nerddom is like, like that's all your money. Just just hand over your wallet. <laughs> so if you're on like some message board trolling about fandom being awful, there's a day you can watch five fandoms collide. Come on, <laughs> We've, we're winning hard. I want the profiles on the people there to see each of those movies and the heartwarming Christmas story about how, like, they all, you know, like, the power goes out and they all end up, like, having a big Christmas together in the theater and, like, the Aquaman fans <laughs> and the Spider-Man fans are feeding each other snacks and the, they broke into the concession stand. Make it happen. That's a beautiful movie. I love that movie. <laughs> I, I did. I loved this trailer and I'm kind of mad about it. And it, it was especially mm. sort of weirdly poignant because, of course, uh, I... Didn't really make sense to make it a lead story this week for us on this show, but we uh, obviously are all uh, marking the passing of William Goldman, the brilliant screenwriter of The Princess Bride, Mm -hmm. one of my and many of our favorite movies of all time. So it was very weird to have that, and then a couple days later watch, like, a hilarious (laughs) attach in this trailer, which, like, I'm very, very excited for and am now ready for the Fred Savage renaissance. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I'm loving that Deadpool is doing with, like, uh, just all of the trailers for everything that it does. You know, you have Bob Ross, or I guess... Uh, pool Ross? <laughs> Ross Pool? Ross Pool. <laughs> uh, Bob Pool? I don't know. So you have that. And then, like, bringing with Fred Savage, like, we know this. But, you know, there are so many people that don't know it. And now they're going to, you know, re-up on all of this. And I just absolutely love that. Like, I remember the other day I was making Bob Ross jokes. Who makes Bob Ross jokes? But we can now. And other people got it. It's like There's everybody Bob knows Ross Happy Funkos Trees now because of this. There's yeah. Bob Ross as Deadpool Funkos, separate of the Bob Ross Funkos. There are so many. You're right. It brought up this resurgence of pop culture from the '80s that I love. So it's really great. Kids get to appreciate it. Plus, modern jokes like that up joke, which was incredible. Oh I my god! The Don't get too attached. Was so funny to me. That trailer. It's only a minute and eight seconds, but it is so good. It's so tight. It's so funny that I I'm very much excited for this movie that I was a little on the fence about because of the well, ramifications. They got me with the charity thing. I was just like, it could be a blank screen for two hours and i will be excited i mean no i would be mad but like, <laughs> you know that was that was the part where i was like all right any other complaint i have is now superficial also a quality pg-13 joke to pause the movie and go this is pg-13 deadpool blank screen <laughs> which i'm also in full support of so you would actually be fine i with would that. be that guy be like so, surprise you donated to charity now my question is the agents of shield news when mm. they renewed agents of shield was oh, anyone like oh, excited oh, about that No, I, I just I, I had to come on air. Just where Agents of Shield has been renewed for season seven, like season seven, like season six hasn't even, even se- season, season six, six hasn't even came out yet. So like we're already getting to season seven. That's how you know the show is fire. Like if you haven't tuned into the show, hey, if you've not tuned to Agents of Shield, all five seasons are on Netflix. Come season six comes out next next summer but it's already renewed for season seven so that's all that matters but can we please get them in the movies please get my baby daisy in the movie that's all i need like get her in the mcu and i'm all good that's all i want to say peace out let the record show dorian has not been in the studio his, his agents of shield since tingled and he appeared before us. Wow. 
like magic. He may not have broken the set on his way in with excitement. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, all you need to know is through Dorian, tweet that man. He is a very excited boy. It is. It's a fascinating move because we're like, oh, yeah, Marvel's taking all its toys back. And it's like, except that one. It's like a two-year call-out of like, nope. Like, that's really advanced. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love the, the stability of it. And we know that S.H.I.E.L.D. fans are, they're, well, they're like Dorian. <laughs> they're like Dorian. <laughs> so um, that actually got, that actually got me really hyped <laughs> for season seven. I, I've watched all of season five, and I enjoy what they're, they've done with the characters. And like, like you said, season six is right around the corner. But it's like knowing that there's more, be like, okay, maybe I'll hold off a little bit and then binge everything and then be prepared for season seven. And this should, it should be cool because they don't have to do that, like, plan these three episodes as if it might end, and then two more as if it might end there, and then three more as if that Mm. might be it. They get to be like, all right, cool. Go out with a bang or go on forever, but at least plan two more seasons of Radness. Um, It is, some people are speculating that this way they can film them back to back. That Mm. early renewal just had to do with when everybody's contracts were up. But it is an interesting, like, it's a real, like, there is a future there. As we're Mm. losing these Netflix series, as we don't know what the streaming service means for anything else... Marvel on ABC clearly goes forward. This is probably good news for that, like, uh, uh, what's his face? He's my fave. He wrote Wonder Woman. Uh, he, Alan Heinberg. There we go. Uh, sorry. Her mind palace. Um, thank you. Uh, for his whatever mysterious Marvel project that's at mm. ABC that's mm, supposed to have right. a bunch of awesome yeah. lady characters, S.H.I.E.L.D. has a bunch of awesome lady characters, so please do bring them in the movies at some point. Like, you, I mean, you've got Melinda May. Uh, who is just awesome. an epic legendary awesome. Quake is in the comics. She translated from screen to page. That is not a common transfer. It usually goes the other way. Quake <laughs> and Coulson are both very important to the comics. This show is affecting. Well, Quake is from Secret Warriors, and she's the best. <gasps> we should all read Jonathan Hickman's Secret Warriors, because um, that was the whole thing that I wanted from but S.H.I.E.L.D. But she looks like Daisy Ridley. She, she's visually the Quake we have made of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daisy which is Johnson. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daisy Johnson, thank you. Mm. MCU, yeah, MCU the Star Daisy Wars. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Daisy Ridley should also be in everything. Uh, but speaking of the future, the Flash quote was so endearing. I love that Ezra I just Miller... pulled it because it was such a cute Barry Allen riff. Like, I really just pulled it for that. I just yeah. love that Ezra Miller sounded like Barry Allen in this quote. Like, Barry Allen would say, when I get there, everything's going to be fine. Like, that's such a Speed Force use quote, and it really made me... I'm, I'm in the middle of watching the show, so I'm very, like, pro-Barry Allen right now. It's the best. The show's so warm and sincere. Classic Barry Allen is late all the time. That's his thing. Yeah. That he's the fastest man on Earth, and he cannot get anywhere on time, and as a deeply ADD person, I just, you know, maybe identify with him slightly. It's fine. Uh, but, like, so who knows whether... I hope that his enthusiasm is justified. I hope that movie is happening, and I hope, as he says, it is dope. Yeah. <laughs> like a, the, yeah. I mean, uh, at this point, uh, with what DC is doing, I, I, it's kind of exciting with what they could actually do with that particular movie, with that particular property. I mean, how bizarro are we going to go? You know, how, um, you know, alternate dimension are we going to go? And I think with all of this buildup that we have with all of these other genres, the public would be ready for it then. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, why not? And I really want a Flash movie, just in general. <laughs> I really want a Flash movie. I'm really excited about the whole concept. And casting-wise, John Cryer's Lex Luthor. What do you guys think? <laughs> well, th- this is uh, this is inspired, <laughs> you know? I mean, hey, bringing a little bit of Superman 4 into... Uh, I love that. Know, it's such a I'm weird like, deep cut. Wow! Um, I like that they were like, hey, he's a, le- he's a legacy casting. And I was like, yeah, 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 he is. 
Yes, he is. And now he's Lex Luthor. The two and a half, what, two and a half men dude is Lex Luthor. Yes. I'm, I'm really interested. I, I kind of need to see this. I, um, honestly, I'm, I'm on board. It's one of those, like, bonkers casting where I'm like, okay. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> let's see where this goes. Because the truth is, I haven't, I haven't seen that much of his, his recent work. I, you know, so I know he's a gifted performer, but, like, uh, it'll be very interesting to see him take on that role. And, like, you, you can have a lot of fun being a supervillain. So. Lex Luthor is one of those parts that I feel like is like Hamlet. Like, everyone should play. <laughs> like, it's such a good villain that everyone should just, like, shave their head and dip their toes in. Michael Rosenbaum's my Lex Luthor forever. That's my personal, like, Michael mm. Rosenbaum was incredible for years on Smallville. Uh, to me, that's the bar. But the fact that Gene Hackman brought a different performance and Kevin Spacey and all these people. People, mm-hmm. I think it's a really cool toy box to play in. Uh, now, before we get on a comic pull list, I want to hear about your formatting excitement with these titles. I just love... Okay, so they got Amy Reader, uh, a wonderful artist, to do a special poster for the DC Elseworlds crossover, ah. and they put a little bug up in the corner that makes it look like it is a new release in line with the comics, but tells you essentially what it is and where you can find it. Uh, and it just made my heart really happy, <laughs> uh, because it means that they're talking to the other parts of their company, which doesn't always feel like it's happening, uh, you know, sometimes because it's not possible, you're coordinating giant moving machines. Uh, but someone cared enough to do this to make it fit in properly. And I do love it because, like, teaching people to read those covers and understand what they're looking at is weirdly one of the challenges of selling comics. So I'm just like, yay! Educate everyone to look for the box for the info you need. It's in the corner. <laughs> right there. Um, and so, yeah, I just thought that was cool as heck. Yeah, and Excellent. formatting is important to comics. It's a visual medium and a visual art form. So the covers, speaking of covers, our pull list this week has some pretty covers. Nice! <laughs> also, Jeff Lemire, uh, well, thank you for conquering the universe. I'm into it. Please so continue. this was my number one draft pick, and it was a weird... I know I, you put this on the list. Tell me why. I, I even wrote in parentheses, that's right, because <laughs> I... It's a shocker. Archie 700. 700. I am so excited for this book, and I will tell you why after we get to the rest of the rundown. Tease. Okay, so you, you have the top, and I have the, the, the bottom of this list. Oh, okay, today. perfect. And our number two pick is Web of Venom Carnage Born. Donnie Cates so many bringing words. his carnage to the fold. We'll talk about that in a minute. And our third pick is West Coast Avengers number four, because Jimmy Kimmel, this is the alternate cover. This is a variant cover. <laughs> it is Jimmy Kimmel with the Avengers, and it made me so, so happy. Kelly Thompson is a powerhouse. Uh, number four, and I'll talk about this in a minute, is a trade paperback from Image that is a charity anthology. You're going to want to look for 24 panels, and I will explain why in just a second. Uh, But then if you have, like, a lot of money to throw at your store today, (laughs) you want this. You want The Silver Surfer by Dan Slott and Mike Allred omnibus hardcover. It is $75 of incredible, incredible story, incredible art. Uh, It is a beautiful, fancy hardcover edition of the recent uh, story that Mike already illustrated that Dan Slott wrote. It has a wraparound cover. Thank you for pulling that. They did a new cover. This is all around the hardcover, this new piece of art. Uh, One of the stories from this run won an Eisner Award for Best Standalone Story. It is a mind-bending, time-turning, cosmic odyssey. Uh, It brings some sort of Doctor Who vibes, essentially, to the Silver Surfer. He picks up kind of a human companion. Yeah. Heck yes. Uh, And they go on adventures, and it's one of my favorite runs, and now it's in a big, glorious hardcover. Um, And I'll go ahead and talk about 24 Panels, and then uh, 24 Panels is an anthology that was put together by a couple of editors, one of whom is Kieran Gillen, uh, one of my favorite authors. It benefits uh, the victims of the Grenfell Fire that happened in London. 
uh, some time ago that you've probably heard about, the 24-story building that unfortunately caught on fire and resulted in a large loss of life. Um, This anthology is a bunch of contributors coming together, uh, a mix of pros and and amateurs, like all sort of throwing in their bit, including a new thing from Alan Moore, uh, to pay honor to that, uh, all of the proceeds will benefit PTSD services for survivors of the Grenfell Fire. We are in California, so fire mm. is on our brains right now. Um, there's a lot that gets lost. There's a lot that people need in the aftermath of events like this, and I'm so happy that they did this project. It's called 24 Panels. Each story is 24 panels or less. It's got new material from Alan Moore. It's got a bunch of talented contributors, and most of all, you should go pick it up to just support this cause because I think it's really cool that they did that. I love that. And if you're in California, uh, Josh Brolin is actually spearheading a lot of the wildfire benefits and stuff. So if you go to Josh Brolin's Instagram, he's actually really helpful in how you can do hands-on things to help, how, where to donate, like a, where you can put, donate clothes. Josh Brolin's spearheading a lot of the California wildfire stuff, which is really cool. He's a Malibu guy, so that's... Anyway, in the comics, my, I'm going to go in reverse order. So starting with number three, West Coast Avengers 4. I love <laughs> that there's a West Coast Avengers book that is good. First of all, not every superhero book needs to take place in New York. It's actually weird when they all take place in New York. I love that there's an opportunity for different villains and new stories. You and check if Roka's going to come fight us. It's, uh, <laughs> it's nice to have something in Santa Monica that feels like Santa Monica. It's got a beachy vibe. The team is weird. It's got both Hawkeyes. It's a really good book. I love Kate Bishop. It's a good time. And Avengers teamed up with David Letterman in the past. In the 70s, there was a David Letterman crossover. So the modern day, Jimmy Kimmel teaming up with the Avengers, and it's in the West Coast. Kimmel's down the street. Plus, they always have the Avengers on Jimmy Kimmel after the movie premiere. So it's canon. It's amazing. It's perfect. I was very excited. Number two is our Web of Venom Carnage Born book, which Donny Cates, friend of the show, he's introducing his take on Carnage. I love Carnage. Carnage has died a bunch of times. He's come back a bunch of times. He's been the Silver Surfer. It's been a lot. <laughs> so I'm really curious how they bring Carnage back. And Donny Cates has wrote the hell out of Venom. I'm really curious about him expanding that world with web of venom i can't wait to see his carnage and the pull of the week for me is archie 700 because i have never read an archie book what archie 700 features nick spencer of amazing spider-man who is writing the best spider-man i've read in a long time revitalizing archie with a 700 and everyone loves riverdale so i figure this is the best jump on point possible wait you watched riverdale without having ever read an archie comic perhaps we need a journey through uh, this is amazing yeah it is because i actually started in comics with archie yeah yeah because like on the base you guys had archie i've never yeah i've had superhero books i've had marvel and dc my whole life i never had the archie pocket or like those little like so this is the first time i was like wait nick spencer's doing oh so this is the first time i've ever been drawn to archie so i thought if i was having never read it someone else might be you must yeah you have to so 700 is so accessible that i was like peaked so i figured everyone should know so a couple years ago they did a reboot they did uh mark wade and fiona staples took over and did started doing sort of modernized archie stories and it was part of this weird bizarre this whole separate show like the archie renaissance that's going on over there um with uh, one of the heads of their company who's now the showrunner on some of their shows who's also spearheaded the like horror verse Mm -hmm. they've been sort of getting crazy and experimental over there but they also have this crazy history uh which means they get to have things like an issue 700 uh shade to marvel for making avengers 10 or 11 the 700th issue uh archie renumbered Uh, (laughs) look what you can do uh still not sure which of those is a better call but uh archie's up to 700 marguerite savage i think is doing art on this book in combination with somebody else and they are both fabulously talented so this should be very interesting i'm excited to pick up an archie book Corey's gonna read archie oh you're gonna i'm a 
little bit jealous because it's like <laughs> it's gonna be so awesome for you like once you experience the magic that is archie uh you're you're just gonna be like oh sabrina's pretty cool let me read her comics and then you know the netflix show and so on and so forth oh you're gonna you're gonna have such there's a, good a nerd time. weird time where they have superhero identities yes. mm. there's a whole like oh it's oh, a deep rabbit hole shining boy. shimmering splendid the whole new world is coming i'm very excited uh we have yeah. Anything jump out at you from that list? Oh, um, I was thinking of my my own uh, comic polls, yes. uh, but I, but Give it's like because um, uh, y'all are doing stuff that hasn't come out yet, or is this, like this a, today. today? Oh, that is today. Oh, then I. But don't you know. could just shout out some th- some recent thing you loved. Yeah. Um, well, I loved. Um, oh God, I had I had a number of them. And now I'm just thinking about Archie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, one really good one. Um, Robin Year One. I don't know if um, if you haven't read that. Or I think it's Chuck Dixon and uh, yeah, the I new edition came out, right? Right. Um, that's a really great story. I mean, um, keeping in mind, I'm a monster that likes Robins to take a lot of uh, damage. <laughs> but with, Must with, kill. I know. Um, oh God, it's so bad. Um, so with it, you know, it's Dick Grayson you know in his year one and it's so well done i mean um it's him going up against two-face eventually and two-face is like op compared to robin he's he's not mm. paying attention he's not listening i'm not going to give it away but it's it's pretty it's pretty rough it's pretty graphic and it kind of hits you and it's like it defines this relationship between you know dick and bruce and i i kind of fell in love with it i mean i just i just read this like maybe a couple of weeks ago kind nice. of a thing so yeah definitely that one uh, and i can't remember my my other one that's right a now. solid one i didn't yeah. know about it Not are you digging I, I, I still have to number two came out today and i still have to sit down with it uh shuri number two came out today i didn't know shuri, shuri number two came shuri out number today one was great last week uh, Nettie last uh, acclaimed author of science fiction and fantasy uh is writing shuri and i am excited it's a very oh. accessible book black panther can be kind of dense and political and science like this book's really accessible while not losing the integrity of Black Panther. I really like Shuri One. Uh, Whiteboard of Justice, do we have time for Twitter question? Yes. All right, yes. so we have two quick Twitter questions. One will take literally no time. The first one is Steve at My Ghost World to all of us. Okay, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what Bill Maher has said about Stan Lee and comic fans in general. Uh, I almost, we almost didn't want to touch on this. This was the closest to not including, but I wanted to mention that comic fans have a history of being bullied. Comic fans have a history of being the oppressed. Comic fans have a history of being put down for liking comics. And people getting jealous of the world that's being built is a very common thing. And people not valuing intelligence or seeing intelligence in subject matter is very common. If someone wants to say something because they don't understand it, that is kind of why people get megaphones, is to to speak on things they don't understand. Comic books are literature plus art. There is nothing more beautiful than that. Comic books can teach. They can expire. They they teach a moral code. They teach a compass. They teach you how to be a better person. If you don't get that from it, you have no right to say anything about anything in that media, much less trying to get sincere sensationalize someone's death so if that is your view on anything then you're the problem with the world you belong on whatever trolling board you're on whatever you speak to you don't deserve the platform to be that loud about it so bill maher has his opinion he's entitled to it it just happens to be wrong (laughs) it was shallow it was disrespectful he doesn't know what he's talking about and he chose a spectacularly bad taste way and time to express that opinion uh and he like the reason we almost cut it is I was like, I don't even want to give him the attention that mm. he craves yeah. from, like, throwing out an insult at a fallen legend. Uh, it's it's absurd. I did love that the Stanley estate oh, sent him best. back a statement that ended with being like, but please remember, you have a platform with great power comes great responsibility. Maybe he should read some comics, just saying. Yeah, um, I think that, that right there, right there. <laughs> 
absolutely right there. Um, I wow, I, I couldn't believe it when it happened. It was just like, you know, you don't you Such don't a weird do fight that. To pick. I mean, just as as a human, you yeah. just you don't do that. Um, not now, and not really ever. But and then to be so incredibly vocal about it, like making that strong of a statement, I, I just I. I uh, he's canceled. So, <laughs> if you want to die on the hill of art is stupid, like I guess you can do that. Yeah, enough people asked. I thought we should mention it. I didn't want to give yeah. him a platform either, but enough people asked, and it bothered me enough that I felt like I needed to speak on it because mm-hmm. of how much it affected me because I was like incensed about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Talison, friend of the show, said it best: "Old man's yells at cloud." Oh yes, <laughs> that is yeah. what it was. It was the freaking Simpsons <laughs> meme. That is the summation of the situation, and we will move along from that to the sweaty question of the week. All right. Would love if you guys included a segment on a show of your top five comic book artists and piece of art that sticks with you the most. For me, it's Alex Ross and Jujisco, Adam Kubert, Jim Lee, and Bill. And I love this. Senka wins too long to spell because that name is the tricky. That's it's why his Twitter is. It's <laughs> His Twitter is so funny because he references it. So I thought yeah, it was good. he just spells it out phonetically. Uh, but so instead of piece of art, let's do our five favorite artists that pop into mind. And in the future, we'll try to make time for like pieces of art that inspired us. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, well, um, spoilers. <laughs> of course. Uh, he, is, he has a, an imagination and a scope that's just unbelievable. Uh, Chris Bocciolo is one mm. of the artists who got me into comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, his run on death and his run on Generation X and his tremendous imagination and the variety of styles he's capable of blow my mind. Fiona Staples... Uh, future Hall of Famer, I'm sure. Uh, on the manga side of things, Rumiko Takahashi was one of the artists who like changed my whole life. Uh, that's what am I up to for? Yes. And I'm going to save my fifth one. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, nah, yeah. Um, I read things thematically, so it's like um, remembering particular artists is like. It's kind of difficult for me, but there are, like, three that do stick out for me besides, of course, Kirby. Of course, Kirby. Um, and, of course, Steve Ditko also, like, mm. stick out. Um, actually, no, wait. I do have five because Kirby, Steve Ditko, um, Steve Dillon, uh, Preacher. Oh, yeah. oh. Uh, absolutely. I mean, just like the first the first panel where it's like, a, this is a story about a boy falling in love with a girl. And it's like these, you know, this demon and this angel. It's like, that's awesome. I mean, it grabs you right then. So, uh, John Romita Jr., obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Brian Boland, um, Killing Joke. Yes. I mean, those ha ha ha. <laughs> it gets you. It's like it 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 hits you. Like it's like a visceral hit. And I I just I really enjoy them. I don't know if those are my top five. Those are the ones that I'm thinking out. of right now. Yeah, I picked this question and then didn't prepare my answer. <laughs> Uh, what do you got, so I'm going to go with, I'm going to count John Romita Sr. and Junior as one since you had Junior, and those are two of my iconics. I love both yeah. Romitas. They're, they're beautiful work. Sure, and they're, we'll allow it. Oh, Perez. Per, oh, Perez. Oh, George Perez. Perez. George Perez. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, so. Oh, I'll add Jose Luis Garcia Lopez to mine. Uh, he, yeah, he did a bunch of, it, classic 80s art, you'll recognize it. It's okay. what you think every character looks like because he did a bunch of the guides <laughs> for merch. Got like, it. Like, so when, you, when you're like, yeah, that's Wonder Woman, it's because of his guys. So my second one is what I think every character looks like. It's funny enough. John Byrne. Uh, mm. I love Byrne. I love his style. I love how clean it is. Uh, Mark Bagley was pretty much my childhood. Mark Bagley's run an Amazing Spider-Man and then Ultimate Spider-Man shaped how I think comics look. That's really important to me. Jim Lee is so consistent. Oh, yes. Every time yes. I see Jim Lee, I'm like, that's a thing I have to like read and that's important to me. Uh, and then, oh, what? Who do I even? Alex 
Alex Ross because it showed like the high art version of comic books. Like anytime you see a piece of Alex Ross, you're just oh Mike Ringo, Mike Ringo, uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike Ringo. Ringo, yeah. Oh. I'm sorry, Alex, Mike Ringo. Uh, the the kinetic energy of his art, the the way it flowed, the the almost fluidity, and the comic book felt like alive and bubbly, and you could almost feel the humor in it. Mike Ringo was really a piece of my childhood. He had an indie nice. book called Telos. Look, I might have been the only one reading this. There was a tiger guy, and there were adventures, and there was a pirate lady, and it was the best. <laughs> and there should have, I mean, the real talk, there should have been 50 years of Telos, and unfortunately we didn't get that. Uh, yeah. So look into Mike Waringo. Uh, he did a bunch of amazing art. That's yeah. a great pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, like, Perez, all I can think of is Disco Nightwing. <laughs> like the new teen titans like uh, the 70s it was just like it was so i mean him and marv uh wolfman doing that and just like the epic scale of like having um starfire and journeying with uh raven and all of that but yeah disco nightwing Stuart eminent oh Stuart Eminem, mm, incredible. we could do a whole separate one for like five artists working today who are going to be the ones we talk about because mike hawthorne from deadpool will be on there mm. uh hawthorne's great so in the future we will do a longer segment probably like top <laughs> artists and co- and writers like we'll, we'll dive in deep into the comic world we actually had time for pull lists and artists this week we will dive in more in the future thank you we please had... keep sending us those questions at collider heroes use the hashtag so we can find them uh it's so much fun yeah and i love diving with fans like who they love like Joe Jusco, I love the comic, the Flare Ultra Cards. Mm-hmm. Hadn't thought of Joe Jusco in so long. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Markeia McCarty, M-A-R-K-E-I-A-M-C-C-A-R-T-Y. And then also, uh, if you have DC Universe, and I do recommend having it because they're kind of killing it, um, I'm on uh, DC Daily. I'm one of the hosts there. So, And that's Monday through Friday. So, yeah, just comics in general comics and nerddom oh and um fangirling uh which is at nerdist and we have new episodes every thursday so we will have a new episode our thanksgiving special uh tomorrow and that is on uh alpha you can also watch at nerdist.com and if you have something called facebook facebook (laughs) am i saying that right yeah uh facebook.com slash watch fangirling uh, yeah, enjoy us uh, making glitter slime and dancing. Aerobics are involved. <laughs> I love that show. I love y'all. It's amazing. <laughs> also, stay tuned later today. Um, I'm stealing both of these folks to the show that I do with Talis and Jaffe and Matt Key over at Geek yeah. and Sundry called The Wednesday Club. And uh, we're going to maybe talk about some spider people. Uh, no one here is excited about that. So. <laughs> Spider-Man? John T. Yeah. Spider-Man? <laughs> Spider-Verse? What? So, very importantly, have an amazing Thanksgiving. Uh, spend time with your family. Tell them you love them. Give them lots of very big hugs. And talk about how important comics are to you and to them. And until next week, stay sweaty. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply.